I'm Daniel Finney, the Register's Metro Voice columnist, um, and I'm pleased to be joined for this special one of uh, reunion podcast of Lou, Larry, and the Round Guy, who dominated uh, FM radio for a good 25 years here in the Metro on 95 KGGO. So with me is Larry Morgan. Uh, uh, Lou Sippelt and uh, the uh, man known only as the round guy. <laughs> and what you do? Are you playing with your microphone there, RG? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Cypult. 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 Like Cyclone. Cyclone. Okay, and that's how you can remember that. Cypult yeah. like Cyclone. Larry was the Hawkeye. Larry was the Hawkeye representative, so uh, that's, that's where the Lair part comes in. So uh, <laughs> that works out. That's how you can remember that. And you were co-college, did you just? <laughs> co-college, Cedar Rapids, my niece, female athlete of the year over there. Oh, right on. So uh, yeah, I have some allegiance. You and Marv Levy were there about the same time, right? Right on. Pardon? <laughs> you and Marv Levy were there about the same time? I used to babysit him. Tell me where you went to school, RG. That, that, that was cool. Where, where you mean uh, undergrad? Well, yeah, we're, we're, undergrad we're, William Penn. Yeah, that's what I. Uh, that's William Penn University now. Yeah, that's right. William Penn College at uh, my time, and then I did my graduate work at the University of Iowa. There you go. Uh -huh. And I'm ready to redshirt and go back to Lou, school. Lou, I'm not sure you know what exciting is. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, so it started back uh, when it started with you and Moffitt. Yeah, I um, I came to. KSO, actually, which was the country music affiliate to do Drake University football and basketball in 78. I think it was about 81 or 82 that Moffat and I got together on KGGO. Mm -hmm. So how did that work? Like, what uh, what worked about that? Because you guys were together almost 10 years, well, right? It was, Daniel's the same as working with Lou. Yeah. I had a real talented partner mm -hmm. that pulled me along. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's how that worked. I mean, Larry was brilliant, as Lou is brilliant, and that really, you know, that's kind of how it all started. I was more or less the straight man, um, maybe more. <laughs> you know, I did the news, and then you I... You always did seem to be the adult in charge. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the best way to put it, I yes. I think that's very true, and yeah. I think it's very accurate. <laughs> but considering, you know, these guys that I work with, I think somebody had to be. So, Lou, you came on... I came uh, over to uh, GGO in 85. 85. Uh, I came on as a part-timer. Um, I wrote a computer program that they utilized to do music rotations and stuff, and they talked me into sticking around and doing part-time. Then I ended up filling in for, uh, for Moffitt um, on the Moffitt and Morgan show. He was consulting uh, other radio stations in the country at that time, and so he was gone uh, for a, a bunch of the year, and so I'd come in and I was his regular fill-in. Oh, right on. That's how that worked out. And then, uh, RG, you started out as sort of the uh, weirdo on the street, the correspondent. The stunt boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When did you, you come along? Because you had been in the comedy set with I had uh, Willie come in, Farrell and... I had come in a couple of times to promote appearances at the at the club. Yeah. And we seem to click. Funny ball in the club. Yeah, we, we kind of clicked. We enjoyed, I think, one another, and everybody was laughing when they were supposed to, so it was, uh, uh, they then approached me, and, and the years are fuzzy. You guys could have to help me with the years, but, but uh, uh, Phil Wilson came to me and said something about, you know, we'd like, when you're in town, to maybe hang out with the morning show, be their stunt boy. 
And if you're out, these guys are dull and not funny. (laughs) You need need something to punch it up a little bit, and you're just the guy to punch it up. And they called apparently a bunch of people before I agreed to do it. Absolutely, you wouldn't believe how many. Oh, (laughs) and and uh, so when I was in town, I'd come in and hang out with them. When I was out on the road, then I would call in a time or two if I thought I would contribute something. And, and what years, when did that start? I'm not sure. Who sure. cares? It's Late. funny, but what I remember, I totally remember differently, and maybe you would agree with me. You, you and I were going to lunch someplace on the east side, and we passed the old 1536. 15, 1536 oh, yeah. was, a, was some guy outside just did a couple of bucks to get in. And he, he felt sorry. He, for he couldn't him. get admission, so he we gave him a couple of bucks, and he went in there. And we said, "That's a pretty nice guy." And that's yeah. the true story. Yeah. He, he made yeah. his laugh. Now listen, the money. Yeah. Mentioning the 1536 is not hitting our core demographic of people who don't pay for the product. So don't <laughs> oh, okay. don't don't mention stuff that no one will remember. That story. 1536 okay. for those people that uh, weren't old enough to remember that uh, you had to be an adult to get in there okay it was it was over by there that's like there's a the tasty tacos the original tasty tacos. we were going over there when i when i was a kid there was always a legend about the 1536 that uh a, an east coach and an east player were coming out at the same time and they saw each other and they said I won't tell your mom if you don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It wouldn't surprise us if it really I hope happens. that's a pop. And evidently somebody lied. Because <laughs> you know about it, yeah. Because you know about yeah. it. Yeah. Very funny. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it all kind of, the, uh, the show always had sort of a letterman in the morning feel to it. There was always, uh, uh, there was always gags and... Uh, oh, you know, I'm thinking of Mr. Manley. Yes. Yep, yeah, there you thing. go. And uh, what were some of those things? Did you develop those as you went along? Uh, where were you getting your ideas? The most boring question in the history of journalism. Well, a, a lot of the ideas just came from things that were happening around us, and we had the ability back then to take them and run. Um, Mr. Manley was a character that he created himself, yeah. uh, for example. Another one, um, Dingo Boy, was another character that... Uh, we had uh, we. I gotta check. Can, can we say Dingle Bear? Dingle, Dingle Boy. Boy. Dingle, Dingle Boy. Dingle. As in a dog. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll edit it out later. <laughs> it's a dog. Um, Australian type dog. Um, but but that's a character that was developed by those people, right. and we were able to utilize the services oh, of those right. people, and uh, you know give them you know different feedback. But that was their stuff that we were able to bring into our show. But a lot of our show was just things that were going on around the Des Moines area that we had the ability ability back then to take it and run with it yeah. and you know the let the creative minds work and we had a little, lot more leeway Absolutely. than they have now and plus you know nowadays it's also corporate um, and syndicated that we could talk about local stuff yeah. you know we could make fun of uh, the mayor. The 25-mile-an-hour speed limit in Windsor Heights, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Really relatable stuff to people. It wasn't the 25. It was Windsor Heights Vice. That's true, too. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you remember that. Tell, tell people about Windsor Heights Vice. Well, because of the 25-mile-an-hour speed limit and how strict they were about it, we created a ongoing situation, Windsor Heights Vice, little <laughs> episodical. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was a great... Uh, that was a... Uh, it, it, it lampooned an area of the city that takes things personally. Right, and people can relate to it, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. Everybody didn't live there, certainly right. appreciated it. 
Four lane divided road. Yeah. But I think that, that was probably the key is that it was local and, and things that you could touch on were things that were happening right here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's still, you know, the, the biggest asset of what the show was. It was about being all about Des Moines. We were talking about one stunt that I loved that you guys did. This might have been before your time, uh, before Round Guy's time. There was uh, a song by Dennis Leary, which I know we can't say the name of, or the lyrics. Uh, but you guys played it censored with beeps on the radio, and it was, uh, and then so you played it for like a week, and you know. I'm a high school kid. And I'm giddy. Cause I'm <laughs> and, and, the, and the and the song, cussing on the radio, mom. It was about as close as you could get to cussing on the radio and not and not cuss on the radio because I remember saying I, even even we were going. Are you sure we could play this? Yep, you can play that. All right, and so we just took it and ran with it. But um, you're a blank or a blank hole, you know, is what it was, uh -huh. and it was very very in your face, and we just kept doing it and doing it and doing it, and then. Tell us the story you remember. I remember it was a Thursday, and you guys like, well, we played that song too many times. We got suspended. I'm like, oh. I, I mean, I, we, I went to school that day, and my friends, we were all ticked off. We were like, uh -huh. Uh -huh. no, Lou and Larry, that's, that's, we're going to protest the station. <laughs> we're gonna, you know, uh, we're, we're really mad. And the next morning, you, you were broadcasting uh, from a crane atop the just-finished uh, 801 Grand Principal Tower. Yeah, we were suspended by a yeah. in a basket on a yeah. crane. And I, I don't think anybody could hear you that day because all I could hear was wind whipping through that, <laughs> <laughs> that crane. This reminds me of another protest we did. Uh, it was when I think Mediacom had taken MTV or some popular mm -hmm. uh, show or some popular channel off and so people picketed yeah. and they put it back on. So then they took off the Animal Planet, they took that off. So I rented a cow costume. Were you? Did you rent something too? We, we, so we picked we had, yeah. these animal costumes outside of MediaCom and did the show from there that day. I'm sure you were, wore some kind of costume. Uh, if it's animal related, we were there. But yeah. but again, it was a thing that was a, a hot button for the community, and, right. and that's what the, the the key factor was. And and people knew that when we were talking about stuff too, uh, it was very relatable. You guys were you dominated ratings for years. I mean, WHO has always been the big. Eight million pound gorilla in local radio because of its broadcast power and size AM. But FM, it was always, every year was, you know, your morning show every year was on top. Did you guys feel that when you were out in the world? Good question, Lou. I think more than anything else is when you were checking out uh, at a grocery store or something like that and you'd say something as simple as thank you and somebody'd snap their head around and and they, they kind of they think they know you, but they're not sure because you know that was back then before and all the, the social media and, and all that. So they, a lot of people didn't know what you looked like, and right, you had right. a chance to, to interact like that, or you can actually at the same time you can go incognito and, and do some things you probably can't get away with now. But that was the biggest thing, and you had to be very cognizant of that too yeah. when you were out running around. What I remember is that the back in the day. Tipping 15% of restaurants was good. Yeah. But if somebody said, oh, I heard you, it's, I recognize it's you. It's not still good, Larry. Oh, just I, so I understand you know. it. No, I understand <laughs> it. No, this is a good, this but, is a good anyway, start. Uh, but when, when I, so I would tip 15%. I'm yeah. you know, kind of a parsimonious guy. 
uh, <laughs> cheap round guy means cheap. And uh, I was just going to ask you. I, I knew you were. And uh, but if they recognized me and said they listened to the show, I automatically went to twenty percent. <laughs> <laughs> so a, so a you felt great that they recognized you, but b you son of a it was a win lose uh, lose win situation. You're right. Now you guys put round guy in life threatening situations from time to time. Like, like that was one of the most memorable situation of all. One and, of my all time favorites. Not because he almost died, but one of my all time well, favorites. Died is a strong word. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he would have if we'd not adjusted our. <laughs> I know. Right? I know. Very I least a stroke. <laughs> so what's more important, the promotion or the round guy's health? And, and we know what, which one won. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. So we're tell this story. We're talking about. You want to tell it, round guy? The human pinata. Ding, ding, ding. That that we did what, ten years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the funniest part the human pinata was on Cinco de Mayo, and do you remember where the restaurant where it was? Yeah, it was uh, Tatas, Chichis, Chichis, <laughs> which meant Tatas. <laughs> if you didn't know that, I, I, I knew it was one way or the other. <laughs> I knew that Chichis meant Tatas. So yeah. For our, our younger listeners, Chichis used to be like the only Mexican restaurant around. There right, was and it was tasty. over by where uh, now now we're there's at a Casey's gas station. Now it now right. it's that right, right. <laughs> and over by in the, where Toys R Us used to be yeah. in that area of West Point. Uh, but uh, Chichis was the was like. It was a big nationwide chain, and then they had some uh, somebody died of salmonella poison at one of the restaurants, and they killed them. My memory is that it was a former Green Bay Packer that that was connected to to Chee Chee's. Well, uh, that makes and, me, and, that and makes they, all of the meals I've ever eaten there a little bit worse. <laughs> I was going to say either worse or. But better. anyway, so we, we did we put balloons on the round guy, all of which contained prizes on the inside. Yeah, we we, we, we put them in a Velcro suit. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, when we looked at him the first time, uh, his face turned, was it red, purple, mm -hmm. combination of both? All, all the above. We were choking him. <laughs> <laughs> so we let him down. Was that based on your years of medical experience? Yeah, absolutely. No, we it were, was me going, <laughs> yeah, that was something to do with the tooth. Okay, and I know this is a podcast, it's only audio, but I'm, we're, we're looking at a picture of Round Guy. Um, in our in an album it, it, as a human pinata. Oh see, oh, see, look at the Daniel. Did you have to go to medical school to tell that was? That is not a good look. That is not a good look. No. Was it riding up in the crotch a little too? Uh, yes and no. What what it, when they proposed the idea to me, and they had so the, hanging from a crane. Yeah. The the listeners Daniel. the listeners were blindfolded. Mm. But they had those long kind of uh, styrofoam uh, yeah. uh, tubes poop, poop, that you'd put in a swimming pool yeah. for yeah. lanes, gotcha. you know, that kind of thing. But they used that, and, and I thought ahead of time, my, my visual of what was going to happen was I was going to be stretched out, facing down, and horizontal, and that uh, I was most concerned with my, my genitalia. So Because when, when they took that styrofoam thing and swung it, Right? I thought, well, then they're going to hit the side of me. Thus, I, I didn't need any other protection. But what I found was if they took that styrofoam thing and, and smacked me, then they would bring it back up. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, that's when I realized that I probably could benefit from some protection. Mm -hmm. we so between that, that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I went, why would you be? But I was, uh, so the year, the next year I wore a cup and a football helmet because I, I wasn't, 
uh, aware that I was going to get struck in the face as much as I was. <laughs> but by the way, we did adjust the collar after we saw we almost lost. Yeah, I so said, hey, agreed, let agreed. me come down a little bit and, and, you know, give me a few minutes to recoup here because, yeah, that was a lot more strenuous than I had thought it would be. The, the other thing, you, you told me people weren't messing around with the swings either. Oh, no, they, <laughs> they wanted their prize. And they didn't all love the round guy. <laughs> no, no, no. What, and, what and were these prizes? Like, were they new cars? They were tickets and CDs. Yeah, and dinners and Chi-Chi's. Like you said, those people just wanted to harm me. They could have cared less about I remember the first time, he said, okay, we're going to show you how to do this. And we had the noodle, and I said, I'm going to show you how to do this, how you do it right. And I swung back, and I wanted to make sure I didn't hit him where he wasn't you know, protected or where he wouldn't get hurt hurt and I swung back and I smacked him right in the face <laughs> and just practicing with this I went this is not going to be good yeah, it's gonna be long because right. he could see what he was doing I could see yeah, I, I saw what was going on and now on. everybody's blindfolded yeah, yeah. Did, you, so. did you ever get Heather Burnside to do that did you no, why didn't we? I wanted somebody to fill in immediately for me. I said, Larry, you jump up there and be the pinata. Oh, no, oh, no, I've got to. That's your gig. Yeah. We don't yeah. want to steal your gig. But, but the next year, as I said, I had a helmet and I had a cup, and I thought, all right, let's go. And, and it was still... Uh, it was still tough because of the restraints was cutting off my air supply. I, I wasn't getting hit in the face or the nards, but I, I, uh, I the harness just, uh, you know, Very choked. Constricting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, if I get nards on the website of the Des Moines Register, I've won the day. <laughs> I thought this is a podcast. We can say anything you we want. You can get away with it, yeah. You, you can say anything you want, but I'm the one who has to have a meeting. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. We don't want that. We got, no, when we somebody don't. from Eldora accidentally clicks on it and is like, oh, you're teaching the kids all these bad words. No, he so. was just going to get some uh, some lumber at Menards. I guess that's what he was worried about. Okay. So Menards. if that's the case, Daniel, I guess we won't be hearing from Round Guy much of the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well leave now. May as well. <laughs> so we've got uh, well, Lou, Lou, you guys can't see this at home, but Lou has... Here, I'll give you the list oh, because these are some these are some of the things. Larry, you can look over your shoulder too and look at some of the things here. Lou, Lou has a list like like a grown up. He's still on the TV. The uh, what? Uh, it's uh, CW. CW Iowa Live. Yep. Iowa Live. Well, what's the call letters? I got KCW. I'm trying to be a professional. Yeah. Like, I've never it's done channel it before. Twenty three. It's channel twenty three. Right on. Okay. In the morning. Uh, right before, is it before or after Riverdale? I don't. <laughs> way before Riverdale. Way, way, before, way before, Riverdale. before Riverdale. It's it's a morning show. Starts at seven, goes till ten. Our our very own Rekha Basu make makes appearances on there. She was a regular uh, a regular guest on the show back when it was a great day. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Uh, all right. So we talked about human pinata. The attempted murder of the wrong, of wrong guy, which is, which is sub, coming to Netflix. Subtitle. Coming to Netflix this summer. <laughs> gold dome on Capitol building. Remember putting the the gold on the oh, dome yeah. on the Capitol, uh, and I think about this every day. I'm driving in uh, from the east side of town. Uh, going through downtown is you look at how cool the capital looks in Des Moines. Sure. And we talked about some of the things that stand out uh, from when we were doing the morning show. Somehow, there's no way in the world, Larry, we could ever do this again. Is we had a chance to go up when they were gilding the dome uh, back when uh, one of the presidential elections was going on, the caucusing was going on, they were re renovating the, the Capitol, and we got invited to go up and actually put the gold on the dome. And we were on the scaffolding, we were climbing outside the scaffolding up on there, we did our show. 
from up. I think I was not with on you the that dome. time. I think I was gone already. Okay, yeah. right, right about that. I would have remembered that. So you yeah. got to put a little, because it was very thin. It was like an eighth of an inch. RG had the, would you say, would you reminded you of golden toilet paper or something? That's how thin it was? The gold schlager? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's <laughs> a gold. I, I took a, a strip or two of it, and I've got it encased in there. And I also took. Wait a minute. It, you took state paper gold? Yeah. Well, statute of limitations. Uh, I hope. Yeah. Uh, well, I ended up using it as filling for the cavity. <laughs> but then there was a, uh, a piece of, of uh, copper uh, that was part of the uh, inside. I took that as a souvenir as well because it was ready to fall. Sure. But yeah, it was a, a little packet. That you, you strip the slice of the gold. Yeah. It was like paper. Yeah. And you just put it in there. And after you do it 9,000 times, it, it, it takes. Now, he, here's what I remember about that. Not you guys doing that. Is I remember there was a worker uh, who was doing that full time. And he carved his initials <laughs> in it. And so somebody saw this, and of course he got fired. <laughs> oh, you somebody else's. And then and they smoothed it out. They smoothed it out. You know. Wow. Like you're going to see that from down on the ground. Somebody's. Well, I, you know, there. I'm just saying. Yeah. But he didn't steal any of the gold. Round guys got you know 10, 12 pounds of the stuff. If I <laughs> correctly. So I hear. Yeah. No, it, it just flaked off of the dome, and he yeah. picked it up so they didn't have to discard it. Is what it was, right, RG? That's a good. Yeah. That's a good take yeah. on it. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's what happened. I wanted to ask about Berwick. What did Berwick add to the show? Because you guys had a weird setup out there. For people who don't know the city, Berwick is sort of northeast Des Moines, outside the city limits in Polk County. They they had the big tower out there, and you know, a swimming pool. Right. And and if you won a prize, I think I won a prize. We actually you had to actually actually go to Berwick, which. Was it in and of itself like, oh, I found Berwick. <laughs> that was the prize. Yeah, it was out there. Uh, but what did that add to the show? Because it always seemed like you were, you were, you always played it like cars would be a beautiful downtown. Beautiful yeah. and scenic downtown Berwick. Yeah. Berwick, yeah. Well, that leads to one of my more embarrassing incidents on radio. But first, before I say that, um, it was just a foil, but wasn't there one business in Berwick, right? Yes, the, the Bob Septic Tank. Oh, that was, there was a bar. There was a bar there at the intersection. They had great burgers. Also, Bob Septic Tank. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, was, it was Bob Septic Tank and then the post office. Yeah. So it's just a great foil, Daniel. So every year we would have the Berwick Fool's Day Parade. Right. And it was all, we, we made it up in the studio. Sure. Well, one year, Berwick Fool's, well, one April Fool's Day, Actually, we decided to do a live parade. Yeah. Really throw everybody for a loop. And I think it was a Saturday morning. And yeah. Was, yeah. And and so people just and you know because of what it was the nature of it, people just dressed in all kinds of silly costumes and all. And uh, now really, people now people do that to go to work. That's right. That's right. This really is embarrassing when we tell it anyway. Uh, so at one point, you know, Lou and I are sitting there on the street in Court Avenue, and we're watching the entries come up, and I see a group of belly dancers. My first thought is... Now your wife is in the studio. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> oh, then this was tame. And my first thought, she knows the story. She's heard all my stories. Anyway, my first thought is, oh, look, isn't that funny? These are guys who are doing belly dancing. <laughs> so now they get closer. I'm thinking, wait a minute. Maybe those are women belly dancers. And they get closer, and I still can't tell, honestly. So now they get opposite. So I have to make a decision to describe it. <laughs> and I say, yeah, isn't that funny? These are guys... Who are belly dancing? I honest to God thought they really were men, but they weren't. They were. Women. <laughs> oh. 
as as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. But okay? you knew, you knew, no, seriously. You <laughs> no, I don't. I so, so Monday, one of the women belly dancers is in the studio, or is in the office of the general manager, and I get called in. Well, you can't say, you know, I really thought you were men, uh, so I just said, you know, it was bad judgment on my part. But uh, honest, to this day, Daniel, I swear I thought they were all men. See, to the, today you would have just had to say nothing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, KGGO has different rules, but today maybe, yeah. They're, they're, they were belly dancers. Yeah. yeah, why didn't you just say, oh, they've got some belly? Why did you make it a Because gender? it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been, women belly dancing wouldn't have been unusual or especially humorous. If men were dressed like women doing belly dancing, there would be some humor to it. Yeah, apparently not though. <laughs> as it well, turned out, no, as it turned out, you're right. as it turned out, as it turned out, nothing but, funny about it at all. But at the same time, if nothing would have been, nothing would have happened there, you wouldn't have remembered it. That's right. Buried in concrete for animal abuse. Oh, <laughs> I shudder at the mere thought of that. How he did that, absolutely astonishing. This was um, actually it was right after uh, Larry. Uh, retired from the show and 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 he is still part of it though he's still part of the story and i'll tell you why um but this was uh, all going back to uh going on vacation and years ago people remember uh an animal abuse case here in iowa involving uh, a black dog named louie uh that was sliced up with a machete a neighbor sliced the dog up with a machete um i was on vacation i came back to this story and I was drawn to it from the, the horrid nature of what happened and the fact that the dog's name was Louie. And so we had to do something about it, so we got together. No, I don't remember. Did he make it? Or yeah, oh, yeah, he, was, he, he made oh, it. Wow. He, he was fixed up. But uh, the, th the thing that really ticked everybody off was the guy that did it to this dog, mm -hmm. uh, there was really no um, punishment for him, on the, nothing on the books that would punish this guy for doing something to the dog. So the Animal Rescue League... Uh, uh, we sat down and we said we, we were trying to get something pushed through the state of Iowa uh, to get the laws changed. And so we sat down and we had to do something to draw attention to getting the laws changed and make a little stricter, a uh, lot stricter uh, animal abuse laws in Iowa. So um, we needed to get some signatures on a document to get the governor to look at changing the laws. And we needed, I think, 5,000 signatures. Or something. I'm trying to remember what the number was. Uh, so we had to draw attention to it, so we decided we were going to bury animal abuse. And we buried ourselves in concrete over at Prairie Meadows. It was kind of a coffin. And you climbed in the coffin, and it was a box, and you could move around a little bit, you could turn over, and then they covered the entire uh, wooden box with concrete. So you were buried in concrete. There was a tube, obviously, for air, and you could see out. We, had connect we were connected to the internet. Uh, and we would communicate on a laptop in there, and we stayed in there for a couple of days to draw attention to animal abuse, and we gathered signatures at the same time. And we broadcast uh, the morning the whole, from and, there, the, and, and then stayed, on, and they would check in yeah. throughout the day and night because I was in there nonstop, and you really you couldn't go anywhere, obviously, because you were in the concrete. Um, and speaking of, you couldn't go anywhere. Where did you go? You didn't. I had the same thought. Yeah, no, you didn't. Because the, the, the people that set this up, this was a company that did this. They, they, you, you didn't eat or you didn't eat a day before. Uh, you didn't drink, you know, before that. And you, and you, you just, your body, it's, it's really, your body is an amazing uh, creation. And if you're prone, your metabolism and everything will slow down. 
and for people that may have had illness, when, you, when you're horizontal, your body slows down. And that's what happened. The body functions slowed down. So if that's the case, why do I continue to wet the bed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the thing about being a witness to that was I was so amazed at your endurance because just being motionless and thinking about being mm -hmm. encased that tightly, I freak out. Yeah. I can't. I can't fathom somebody. Do, so you, it was absolutely. I remember when they broke it open and you came out, you know, and you were just free to be very animated, and you were, rightfully so. Uh, but I thought, I couldn't have done that. Couldn't have done that. But so, the thing that was cool was we were able to communicate with people mm -hmm. and right away with emails and things like that. And we were getting emails from around the globe. We got emails from Australia. And the first email I got was from some guy named Larry Morgan. And if I'm not mistaken, Larry, that was one of the first emails you ever sent. And he was in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, Larry was not very techie at that time. Yeah, that was more of a shock we hanging out at Steve Carfino's house. Yeah, I was actually send him an email. That was the, the, the great shock. Yeah. And then I wanted to check in with Lou to see if he was surviving, because if he wasn't, I thought it would be a chance to get back on the morning. <laughs> <laughs> he had a gig waiting for him. You know, but leave your options open, it's just in case. We, we end up getting four times the required signatures uh, to get it looked at. The laws were changed. Uh, that was the bottom line. We had some of the representatives that were against the law come in and look at us. One lady in particular, I can't remember her name, she came over and looked into the tube and saw that we were down there and realized you know, how important it was to a lot of people because people were coming out nonstop. I remember she spit a big loogie down. Yeah, <laughs> hit me around the cheek. Yeah. Um, but the but laws got changed. Loogie. Not to the point we'll where see, they... See how that one does. Yeah. Yeah. Loogie? Loogie, yeah. <laughs> Not to the point where they need to right now. erase the whole thing and start over. <laughs> but that, that was... And, I, and right now, to this day, I have a chunk of that concrete on my desk uh, that a listener put oh, on wow. a plaque and, and it's sitting on my desk right now with the date and the pen that uh, the governor signed the new law in, which still needs to be changed and, and uh, you know, I know beefed up a lot, but that pen is sitting right next to it on my desk. Wow, hmm. that's uh, more, more dedicated than I'm. I mean, I don't have a problem lying down. Like if there's some <laughs> cause that I can lie down for for, for several days, I probably do. That, <laughs> no, that's, and, and we're still box. involved with with animals yeah, to this day too. And rightfully so. Yeah. There's stories what in the paper today about mm -hmm. a. Uh, just the recent uh, one with, with the Samoyeds, over oh, what, 170 yeah. of them. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't date the content. We've got to be able to use this. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> but, okay, what about... You're not the only round guy that's causing you to question this whole project. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the... Uh, do you remember the tiger that was in the studio? Yes. Yes, I do. What was her name? <laughs> no, those are some of the other people that oh, came okay. in. But uh, they, they brought uh, a live tiger. Into a the Bengal tiger. A Bengal tiger into the Berwick studios. Is, and I was one stand, of Mike Tyson's. Uh, no, no, yeah, but it might have been in that movie. But but uh, it grabbed me around the leg, and I, at the risk of like it grabbed you around the leg, like uh, like like the, it had like a trainer, hand bone or the something. The trainer said he was just playing. With <laughs> I didn't gauge it as that. I thought that he was hungry, and I. Uh, I, you know, I just froze and uh, I soiled myself. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, no, I, I, was, I would have rather that not happen. So it was, it was scary. So, 
I grew up with Wild Kingdom, Marlon Perkins. Sure, and, and, and Mutual Jim. Omaha. Jim, yeah. So you're no Jim, is what you're saying. You would not have been able to yeah. handle, like wrestle with this tiger. Here's Jim sipping a pina colada. That's why I didn't, <laughs> on the other hand. That's why it didn't work out in Oskaloosa. You got to be you got to be able to wrestle tigers to handle Oskaloosa. Right. See, a little known fact, and this is totally true, is that Lou was on his way to being a veterinarian. You know, oh, that tell of his love of animals. Yeah. And then. When that didn't work, you got with the wrong crowd and got into radio. There was some math involved, and you're like, yeah, uh, yeah, you had to figure out science. Mm -hmm. Well, they gravitated that. Went to Iowa State to be a vet. Went to from veterinary school to become a taxidermist. His slogan was, "Whatever happens, you get your dog back." <laughs> See, Rocky was my marketing genius. Yeah. I was just waiting to pull the trigger yeah. on that one. But we had tigers. funny if we hung around. We had tigers in the studio. We had um, pigs. We had pigs in the studio. They did the original pigskin picks. Yeah. You know, where uh, a live farmer Matt would come in, bring a pig in the studio, and it would pick football games. Uh, by taking its snout and picking a team. Um, and that's round guy was really useful to clean up after the pig. <laughs> Which happened every week. I think there might have been one time the pig did not leave its mark. Yeah, I and we're not talking was, about picking a team, yeah. It yeah. was automatic. Uh, well, you know. Pig. Yeah. Pigs are... Uh, I was only at the studio once. It didn't seem like the kind of place where a pig wouldn't be at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, just trying to think of some of the other... Uh, some of the other things that were uh, memorable um, about some of the, the, the rock stars that uh, almost called the radio station. Uh, it, was, it was a comfort, uh, uh, a comfortable place for them to go, like Eddie Money um, liked coming over. Remember, we had a snow, a blizzard that one time where we were stuck at the, at the radio station. Eddie Money had a concert at, I think it was Super Toad. Was the name of the venue oh, yeah. in town over on uh, Euclid? Euclid, yeah, Euclid, yeah. and yeah. he promised us on the phone that he was going to come over and visit us. Well, the blizzard hit, and he already was arriving into town. He already arrived into town, and we were doing our show. And next thing you know, we see this little speck coming up the driveway because we had a long driveway in Berwick over at the radio station, and the speck of the driveway was Eddie Money making his way to the studio. He ended up coming in the studio, and, and he he had stopped smoking cigarettes. But he, he had a pipe that he lit up every other minute. So, and none of us had the nerve to go, hey, put the pipe down. <laughs> uh, so we let him get away with it. Uh, and then later that night at the show, it was standing room only. Yeah, people, they, they realized his efforts. He made uh -huh. the effort to, to keep his promise and come out. So, you know, the town was shut down because of the blizzard, but everybody made it out to Supertoe. Everybody wanted to see the money man. Yeah. Didn't he do, just do a commercial like a couple of years ago that you kind of were like, oh, I wish he hadn't done that. <laughs> I think we Yeah, he did. Had. Yeah. yeah, the two tickets of paradise. Yeah. 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 But he was I kind of liked it. Did you? Well, fair enough. <laughs> mm. With some of the other uh, deals that we were doing there, how about the um, the bets that we used to have uh, for the Iowa Iowa State games? Because back when we started, um, when uh, it was Lou and Larry on the air, uh, I was the Iowa State representative, and Larry uh, at the time you were doing the Hawkeye games. Hawkeye games on TV, right? Yeah, and so it was uh, a natural rivalry there. So whenever the Hawks and Cyclones played, we'd have some some bets, and it would be. Loser has to dress up like a, a cheerleader of, usually it was me at the time, uh, I had to dress yeah, up yeah, like an usually. Iowa Hawkeye cheerleader or 
or have to eat crow and we go out to Nolan Plaza. Now you're not a big guy, but like, where do you find a cheerleading suit that like, you have to have that custom made or? I, I'm not sure where they found, somebody found it. Somebody brought one over and when they found out that I had to put a cheerleading suit Did on, it belong to Hawk one of those fans, belly dancers? All the, Hawk, dance? all the Hawk fans hey, stood up and they brought it. There's a picture in our book here too. We'll, we'll leave that here if you want to get a picture of that. But we did that and uh, Eaton Crow was another one where we actually brought uh, the Turkey Federation, I think, went out to Nolan Plaza and we cooked turkey and we right. said that was crow so yeah. i had to eat crow when and then sing the fight song the hawkeye fight song from the top of one of the pillars uh in Nolan plaza one year i had to uh dress in a cyclone warm-up suit like your, you know the, that they wear on the sidelines and walk from my home in clive to the studio i'd never got to the total studio in the course of the uh, walk yeah. I, while broadcasting while broadcasting and coincidentally i did wind up at that theater you don't want to mention because it will date the show but it just, <laughs> that just happened to be where the show ended but anyway i remember um stopping that's pretty good walking though it was, four it hours was, it yeah. was and i walked out so i get down grand and i go to terrace hill and i asked if i could use the restroom there again this was just a radio bit but i mean i really did go up to the door and of course they said no really and then i got then i go downtown <laughs> they said no and now i'm saying you know i've got um, are you telling me that the governor branstad may have been light on the humor <laughs> whatever the governor was at the time uh, but I, I so I had there's a pretty good chance it was Governor Branstad. Probably, I had the stock. Any time in the last 45 years, there's a pretty good chance it was Governor Branstad. I had the stocking cap on, this cyclone warm-up coat, and everything else to keep me warm. It's a very cold day. I got downtown, and I see my reflection in the glass of the stores, and I realized I look like the kind of guy you walk on the other side of the street <laughs> to avoid. Yeah. That was the first time you had that realization, or was it just that because of it? That, oh, that was only the first. That was the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Larry, did you ever, like, because you had to be respectable on the voice of the Hawkeyes right. when you're on, you know, doing the Learfield communication exactly. stuff, back before all the rights were insane oh, yeah. and right. ludicrous right. and billions of dollars, you know, you'd be doing the basketball games. Did you, did you have to ever have to think, oh, man, they're not going to like that I did this or did the, or where everybody was like. No, I don't think we ever, ever crossed the line. And yeah. I, I kind of looked at them as separate identities. And right. I, I was smart enough and I loved doing the Hawkeyes enough I was never going to cross the line. <laughs> Which probably didn't make for great radio but it kept me working. So Well, it did pretty well. Yeah, it's 20 years well. I was really blessed. Uh, a story I love to tell, Daniel, if you don't mind, is, is uh, very early in our relationship with, with Lou. Mm -hmm. And by the way, so Moffat left and Lou really wanted the morning show but they hired instead a succession of other guys who were, one was worse than the next. Believe it or not, the general manager actually hired a guy because he looked like Donny Osmond. And he thought this would really help our female numbers. Now how this would help on the radio, I don't know. And the guy's only funny line that he thought was funny, and the only line at any attempt at humor, he would always say, surf's up at Sailorville Lake. Say that a lot. I, you don't <laughs> laugh now, nobody laughed then. Anyway. So, but Lou, because he was persistent and because he works hard, and I'm really proud of the efforts he's made to get there and what he's done now, but uh, so finally he becomes my partner. So they right. buy billboards, Lou and Larry on the air. So they decide to the, hang The up. management liked alliteration. They Morgan did. And Moffitt, they did. And, Larry. and you know, it's just Moffat and Morgan, Lou and Larry. It's always the guy with the most talent they put first. Right. I highly doubt that. So anyway, so um, we're on a billboard outside uh, on Douglas Avenue. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, Merle Hay Road, out just south of Douglas Avenue. And it is an April morning, and it is windy, and it is cold, and it is miserable. And we're broadcasting live from this billboard, and I can't wait for the show to end. Anyway, about 8.30, McDonald's, which is down below, sends up a sack. And in it, 
are sausage biscuits. And I said to Lou, I said, Lou, you might find this odd. I said, I'm Jewish, but I do eat pork. And Lou says, well, it's funny because, you know, I'm Catholic and today's Friday and I don't eat meat during Lent. So I ate the sausage and he ate the biscuits and we knew we'd be compatible. <laughs> That's how we knew it would work. That's a true story. <laughs> yeah. What was the promotion where I drove the lawnmower? Oh, that was the Lawn Ranger. Okay. <laughs> the Lawn Ranger uh, was a promotion where we gave away a lawnmower, and I'm trying, I can't remember the brand name of it, uh, but, but the deal was people had to guess how, where Round Guy would run out of guess, how, how long right. the lawnmower would run, and whoever came the closest to figuring out when he would run out of gas would win this riding lawnmower. And so you took off from, did you take off from the station or did you take, take off from the fairgrounds? <laughs> I can't recall. Yeah, it was over but, on the east side. But I, I, I drove that thing, and I didn't think it was ever going to run out of gas. <laughs> and, and what made me think of it was th th you said that the billboard thing was a, a cold day. This was cold as well. And, and uh, I was freezing. And I wanted the thing to run out so I could <laughs> stop finally. And it, it didn't stop until I, at, at the cobblestone. Uh, cobblestone market. Cobblestone over by the old funny book. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. That's when it finally, finally wow. shut off. But you went right down University, if I remember yeah. right. So I think, you, I think you started at the fairgrounds, and the idea was travel down University until it ran out of gas. And, and, and we figured University, busy, right. busy sure. road, right. people would see him motoring along. Did, uh, did you have a little help from uh, Des Moines Blue to make sure you didn't get hit by anybody? Cops, yeah. cops were, were uh, helpful. They, they kind of kept an eye on me and, and helped with traffic. But it was cold, and I, you know, it was another example of them guys just busting my chops, <laughs> making me do the stuff they didn't. How far did you get? Okay, do you remember? And you, you get the idea. We didn't care much for his health or welfare. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> but we, yeah. we that was the low priority. <laughs> so he went right from the east side of town, right through the heart of Des Moines, yeah. and then traveled through there, and then ended up over. Uh, at Cobblestone Market, where the yeah. money bone was, and it had to keep doing laps around there. And we're going. This is this is taking way too long. What's yeah. going on here? And so, yeah. do, you remember, do you remember the reason why it took so long? Well, I I, only, <laughs> I, I could have put it in like ninth gear uh -huh. and, and would have sped things up, but I I didn't. Uh, part of me wanted to do that. I think in the end I did do that. Yeah. But I initially I thought, well, we need to. We need to prolong it. I mean, we can't have it over in 20 minutes. But uh, you were a team guy, Archie. Well, I was certainly. I just, I just feel like uh, you guys could have done a little bit advanced planning here. No, we did. Oh. No, no, no. Oh, for, wow. for that one, advanced no, planning. No, for, on uh, that one, to be honest with you, we did do advanced oh. planning because we took uh, like an ounce of fuel or, or a half an ounce of fuel and we put it in there and we ran the mower and we said okay if that's how much is going in there let's figure out how much it's going to be for a couple of hours and so we put the fuel in there we did that research ahead of time and now you see why he didn't yeah. make it in vet school <laughs> <laughs> so the calculations missed it by this much just a little yeah. outside just a little bit. <laughs> we did do that yeah wow. yeah you did that <laughs> so larry you you Left the show and win. Uh, 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 I'm not sure. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. And you were doing, uh, you were still doing the Hawkeye stuff right. and all kinds of sports right. stuff. Yeah. And you were also doing the sales side. Stuff. Uh, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? What made you say, "Oh, I, I'd like to sleep"? You know, I just thought it was time. Sleep past two. I think. 
I think part of it was I really did see corporate radio coming in, and I thought I probably wouldn't have a job in a couple of years anyway. And yeah. I think they had a lot to do with it, and plus I'd done it for a long time. And There's no hope for mild-mannered guys. And I thought it was time to, you know, maybe grow up a little bit, uh, which was a painful. So I mean, you know, get a big person's job, so I guess, I guess finally I did. Do you remember how on your last day we got together and had these guests of call in? I remember. And your favorite comic we had call in? This is like there was an insult comic named Bob Zaney. Mm -hmm. I could not stand Bob Zaney. He would yeah. kind of he would be in the funny bone, so he would come and I just couldn't stand him. And they had all these people come on the air and say nice things about me because they knew there were people I liked and would really appreciate on the show. And then suddenly, through the work of the round guy, Bob Zaney pops up on that show. And by the way, just recently, I decided to have copies of that tape made to give to my two daughters. They haven't listened to it yet, of course, but anyway, they've got it. Is it on? But he was actually it's on, it's it's on, on tape. CD. They don't have anything to play it on. It's on a I mean. CD. They don't, they don't have anything to play that on either. Give me some credit. They don't. Well, not <laughs> a, a disc. Was, a disc. Was, it's not a disc. He was, was, he was kind to you, though. <laughs> he when, was kind. He yeah. was kind. Because he didn't know that no, he... No, but it was the irony. It was the irony yeah, that he saw it all. That's what... Because he... I remember this kind of vividly, whereby he was in the studio... And he chastised you. You had made a comment or two about something, and he didn't interpret it the way you had intended it. So he was making fun of you. And I could see you burning. You know, I could see you getting upset with him. And, and I thought, uh, I understand where Larry's coming from, because Bob, being Bob, you know, he was going to bust his chops. And so from then on, you had a problem with him. But then when it came time down here for uh, you to get, have everybody send you off with some accolades and good wishes. That's when I said, I'm going to call Bob <laughs> well, And he went, in fairness funny. to him, when he called in, he didn't know you weren't particularly fond of right, him. Right, right. And, uh, but he was very kind in in uh, telling you goodbye and wishing you well. He but, was. He was very kind. Blue and I couldn't help but get a kick out of him. Because <laughs> you didn't know. <laughs> no, there, of we not. got one of your favorite comics here. Go ahead, call her. I'll think of all the guys that could have been, and it wasn't any of them. Yeah. yeah. So well, I did that with, uh, with you on your birthday. Your favorite, uh, remember your, your favorite rock star, and I had made arrangements for him to call in, do a quick interview, and wish you happy birthday. Talk about Rob Halford? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the look on your face was, when you realized it was Rob Halford yeah. from Judas Priest Priceless. was the same look he had when Bob Sadie said, hey, Larry. Congratulations! That blew me away. How you end up tracking this guy down? It was it was phenomenal. Oh. So you know, it was, it, those are some of the moments that you reach back and, and you grab. And you're going to hang on to those. And you're going to hang on to those forever. And that, that was one of the coolest parts. It just it, occurred it, it, to me, Zandy probably wasn't his real last name, was it? No, no, no. Uh, hadn't thought about that before this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> well. But, uh, the, a lot of deep philosophical conversations with the grandpa. Thing, yeah. The thing with you, that was just dumb luck. I had been the guy that kind of correlated some of the interviews. Right. And some of the, the backstage experiences, that kind of thing. And so I had gotten a call from Judas Priest management. And they said, uh, they got a new album coming out. Are you interested in, a, in an interview with uh, Rob Halford? And, and I said, yeah, yeah. And I said, when is it going to be? And they said, well, you got two dates to pick, and yada, yada. And I knew, I said, well, uh, I said, Lou's favorite musician, rock star, is Ralph, Rob Halford. So if we can do it on this morning, it's Lou's birthday, and we'll make it a big surprise type of thing. And, and, 
it worked out that way. And, and the thing that was really cool was um, it, it worked out to the point where um, it was right after it was, it was my 50th birthday, okay? And so that was a, that was a big deal. And so he, he wished me happy birthday. At the same time, um, my, at the time, girlfriend surprised me on the air uh, with a, a 50 inch TV because we lost it in a flood that hit. I'm so glad he said TV. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so glad he said We lost our basement in a flood oh. from one of the floods that hit in the Moines area at the time, uh, hit Altoona. And, and so she surprised, surprised me with that. And at the same time, we turned it around. Remember what happened that day? That's when I proposed to her okay, was on the air. Yeah. And the look, you talk about the look on my face when Rob Helford was on, on the other end of the line. I should have seen the look on, on his face when, when this unfolded before his eyes and uh, asked her to marry me on the air. Uh, so that occurred. And Helford ended up getting wind of what happened there. And then he invited us to come to a show, oh, uh, a, a concert, because they were touring with Ozzy Osbourne. And so we made plans to go up to Minneapolis to see Ozzy Osbourne and Judas Priest. And that was uh, the infamous time when the snow collapsed the roof <laughs> oh. of the building of well, Minneapolis. They, they, canceled they the had show. to cancel the show. That wasn't the gag? You didn't do that? Did you? No, I didn't do that to ourselves. But that was the, the same show there that happened there. But yeah, that all tied in together. That's all how things, how the planets align. So you and Lou go on and Heather joins you, Heather Burnside, who's still on the radio. Uh, now, and uh, the station sold, I don't know, three, four times at least. It changed hands quite a few times. How did, how did things start to change where, uh, for, for you guys? But the station changed hands a lot, and, and Larry, you were there too, because it started out as Stoner Broadcasting. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you first came in, and, and when I first came in with Stoner Broadcasting, I think we ended up changing is either nine or 11 times. One of the two. Uh, we, we, were, we were trying to count, depending on whether you consider this guy an owner or that company an owner or not. So it, it was a revolving door of owners until the last group came in. And then when the last group came in, there was just something different about it. There was an air that was different about it. A vibe. Yeah, a vibe. And everybody. Did you, did you hear the Imperial March in the background? No, but um, he just knew something, something was going on. Yeah. And uh, they apparently weren't interested in having local radio that touched and was part of the the lives of the listeners because I, I really truly believe when we were doing our show when the three of us were doing our show um, we were part of people's lives and we would uh, assist in, in getting them going in the morning and I don't even do it now and when I get up in the morning I don't turn the radio on and that was our normal routine you get up in the morning and people used to turn their radio on that they don't do that anymore the first syndicated show I remember that was kind of a big deal was that man cow molar guy, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yes. he, and he was he was different. I mean, he was doing prank calls and that kind of stuff, but he was really really crude. It was real. It was low rent Howard Stern stuff, and that was over on one hundred and three at the time, and I'm, that was near the end of your time. He came right, in and, uh, and I thought, I don't know, you know. Uh, and then uh, I think they replaced you guys with uh, the guys from LA or where, where they from were Indianapolis, from yeah, Indianapolis. Yeah, and the, the, the guys that we were beating for a decade, yeah. uh, which were right next door, two two studios away. They were broadcast there, and they put them in our spot. 
Mankel Muller actually sent an envelope to me. It was addressed to me, yeah. and uh, it was like a, a plastic grave sign that said, Rest in Peace. And I thought to myself, this guy's this big national jock in Chicago. Why does he care? And why would he, is he so insecure that he really has to pick on some guys? He got sacked, too. Everybody gets sacked. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> that's why I left. Now you know why I left early. Yeah, yeah and, and the... One of the better things that happened there, you talked about some of the things, some of the stunts that we did um, that got some attention. One of the ones that we did uh, was another one that was similar to what happened there where I got taken out of the studio after after doing something, talking about Judas Priest playing the, uh, the song over and over again, you got another thing coming, um, and it was you know, perceived that you know, I was thrown off the air, taken uh -huh. off the air, and from what people told me, I haven't heard it, but from what people told me, he was reporting that he forced us off the air, oh, yeah? he finally kicked us off the air, and I heard it from someone who was in North Carolina, and uh, my dad ended up calling, let me know what the deal was, yeah. and we had to let him know, this is, no, this is just a stunt, so he fell for it, like everybody else, uh, you know, we got brought in with one of the one of the bits that we did, oh, yeah. yeah, so it, it's, you know, it's, it's radio, it's combat. It's, it's uh, audio combat. What about another time when they threw me under the bus when uh, we on the air promoted that we were going to give away how'd the bus, all How'd the bus do, by the way? They, <laughs> they threw you under the bus. How'd the bus do? Ran me over. <laughs> we were going to give away it a, significant damage to its undercarriage uh, as well. A brand new Toyota. Oh, yeah. Not just one. I thought it was just the one. Yeah, I, I think you had a, they, But they sent me out to uh, the Toyota dealership, made a big push to, to uh, encourage listeners to show up there, and at random, somebody was going to, by the time, uh, I think 9 o'clock, just before the show was going to end, that, that somebody was going to win a brand new Toyota. Okay. I'm the guy out there, and of course I'm in on it, and this guy that won, you know, after the drawings and, and how I know where this is going. This is not a, this is ugly. However, it determined the winner of the brand new Toyota. This guy is ex as excited as, as anybody could be. He's just won this brand new Toyota. And I, you know, with the, everybody looking in, I reach into this bag and hand him uh, in the box brand new Toyota from Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> And this kid wanted to kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't blame him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't blame right him. outside the dealership. Yeah. yeah. But I, I tell me I was gone by then. I, <laughs> I think you might have been. But but so. uh, the thing was everybody fell for it and I felt bad for the guy, but I was the guy standing there that was going to be the recipient of his ire because he didn't appreciate the joke. You remember that? Yeah, oh, let's throw around, fell under the bus again. Heck, yes, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> a toy Well, we'll Yoda. see if we see Lou. We'll see if we see Round Guy on Monday. Let's, <laughs> wow. let's let Pilch do it. So, you guys were on, you, uh, we were on with Heather at the end, and then management calls you in one day and says... No, Alex, uh, it was Thursday, December the 1st. It was 9.30. It's not, well, it's not a raw wound at all, is it? Uh, and and uh, our this GM. Is, this is healed in, up. What 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 year was this? Was 2011. Okay. 9:35 in the a.m. Uh, hey, can I see in my office? I go. Oh yeah, this is probably going to be about my raise. Oh. 
He, he brings me in, shuts the door, the HR lady's sitting there, he's standing there, and I hear him say, we're gonna let you go. And I shook my head, I thought, well, I didn't hear that correctly. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, yeah, I, I just heard your last show, and it was, get your ass out of here. So I, he, he said, come on back later and get your stuff. He said, just go ahead and get out of here. I, I, wow. uh, you know, I've had some pretty uh, uh, bad holidays, yeah. but to get fired on December the 1st, you know, uh, Merry Christmas. You know, <laughs> I just, that was, wow. and, and I understand that, that they're the owners, they can do whatever they want, I get that. But what sh would have shown me some class is if they had waited till the first of the year. You know, let's let these poor slobs get through the holidays and then pull the rug out from under them. You know, that would have made it a lot easier. Well, didn't they make you guys sign contracts? A month ahead of that. That said, we can fire you for any reason. No, what they, what they did was they, they had us a month or so ahead of all of this. They came to us and said, uh, this is an amendment, you got to sign this. And whereas our original contract had called for, in the event of being fired, six months of a uh, uh, severance, severance uh, you now need to sign this. It amends that, and it, and it allows for two weeks of severance. And we all looked at each other like, why, and said, why would we sign that? And our GM said, if you don't sign it, you're fired right now. And the thing was, our ratings had always been so good, and we've been bought and sold so many times that we thought, uh, yeah, this is kind of a crappy deal, but yet we feel safe enough based on the, the history of being bought and sold that, yeah, all right, we'll go ahead and sign it. And so sure enough, a month later, you're fired which is uh, more than numerous examples I've had of, of how cutthroat a business that is. Now you and Heather stayed, but you got shunted off to AM, was that right, or different? It might as well have been. Uh, it was uh, over to the talk station, yeah. where it's, which is where the guys they replaced us with came from originally. Oh, yeah. They shoved us over there and, and put us into a format that didn't have the music aspect of it. Yeah. Um, we we couldn't um, we didn't have the show. We had a, a chemistry, and that's a, that's the thing that's uh, that I think is missing from radio today. Is uh, there was a chemistry between uh, it started with the two of us, and then the three of us, and then when the show switched over, and it, it's a it's a magic that happens. It doesn't happen very often, but it was there, and they and they broke that apart, and and then they put us over there. We came back and and finally said. Um, after a very short period of time, I think it was a month, a month uh, and said, we need to go back to where we belong. We need to put this show back together. And they weren't willing to do it. And that's when we said goodbye. Well, Heather's still on radio, and you're doing KCWR. Did I get that right? Yeah. Larry, you're retired. Uh, yeah, but I still do uh, work on MediaCon, do yeah. great basketball, yeah. and uh, barnstormer football, right and on. great volleyball. How do you, how do you call up? Barnstormer game. I mean, oh, 
say about that I'm not going to I'm not that uh, vindictive but uh, it just wasn't a good fit as it turned out and uh, oh but, don't take the high road that's so boring okay the guy was an asshole there's a penalty flag in the air we're gonna put the chains we're gonna roll that back five minutes and I understand it. all that happened was you took your shirt off well, that was, no, that... Which has been driving people away from you for years. I don't know why you hadn't learned. <laughs> you think you All right, if you're going to talk about taking taking clothing items off, well, let's go back to That's this not. one. Guys, we're out of time. Running around the hallways of Berwick. Somebody is, stole my clothes. <laughs> it has literally been uh, a true joy to have you guys here up at the Register Studios. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming in. I wish that this was every morning on our radio dial but uh i wish you all the best but thanks for can i time. can i i need to this is a perfect venue for me to say and i've said this to many many people i'm being very serious now uh both of you uh have meant a great deal to me in particular what i have said to people that ask over the years i'd like to say here and that right, is we'll larry morgan <laughs> is the classiest man I've ever met relative to show business. You, uh... Low bar, though. <laughs> well, it's, that's up to you. That's bar. up to you. I consider No, it. it's very nice. Thank you. But I have told more than numerous people that you are the classiest guy in show business. I learned a great deal from you. Uh, and and uh, I remember two times in the, in the tenure we had, there was two times when he got upset with me. I remember the one. I remember one time. I can't recall the second. I only remember one. But but uh, <laughs> you were uh, the consummate professional. I've always admired you. Always enjoyed you. you. And and I, uh, if I have any ability at all in this genre, it's it's because of you. And oh, I've often wow. thought I needed to to make you aware of that. You as well. Appreciate that. This Lou, is never going to make the, the podcast. Well, if it's right not, there. if it doesn't, it's up to him. I don't have any rules. But I'm just saying thank you. that, that thank you. Uh, our friendships uh, mean a great deal to me. But in particular, you taught me an awful lot oh, about the, the game wow. of radio. Wow, that's very nice. So, and, you know, I was just going to say maybe earlier that you can tell that there's a genuine relationship among us. And you asked why we were successful early in the fact that we all like and respect each other. That's true. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, can't do better than have to make good friends. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. It has been a pleasure, and like I said, I wish this was our. I wish this was every morning at, uh, you know. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
I might be the Kraken somewhere. You never know if it ever will pop back up on your on your dial somewhere. But I, it was uh, it was lightning in a bottle, uh, is what it was, and uh, we were lucky enough to be able to have that captured for uh, for decades. And uh, we're very grateful for the people that listened to us and gave us the ability to do that. Well, there's there's a lot of truth to that too. We had a, a loyalty was is the key word. Our listeners were just uh, always there, and it's too bad they still can't be. But but uh, uh, kudos to, to this our relationships, but the, the listeners really made it uh, enjoyable as well. 